Welcome to another episode of Quick Spin by AutoWeek, the podcast where we dive into the essence of the automobile. Today, we're joined by the great Mr. Wes Raynal, talking about his time with the Mercedes AMG GLS 63, a big hulking super crossover. Lots of horsepower. You can take a look at the car on our Instagram. That's at AutoWeekUSA. While you're there, make sure to drop us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you want to hear about in the future. And also, you can feel free to reach out to me via email like our friend Jim did. Jim, working on that Mustang, buddy. But before that, we have to pay the bills. Introducing RT, a new collector's edition magazine for the automotive enthusiast that delivers immersive stories, striking visuals, and deep dives on new cars and future classics. Plus, you're invited to join the RT Track Club, where you'll be granted access to exclusive events, virtual experiences, perks, promotions, automotive adventures around the world, and much more. To join the club and live the drive, visit rodentrack.com forward slash join. That's R-O-A-D-A-N-D-T-R-A-C-K dot com forward slash j-o-i-n now that that's out of the way mr anal tell me about this mercedes you know they're putting they being mercedes is putting the amg badge on a lot of cars and trucks and suvs and the thing is is that there's amg light and there's amg for real and this baby is amg for real uh the gls 63 it's got a four liter twin turbo v8 uh, hand-built, of course, in Germany. That motor is then shipped to the Mercedes assembly plant uh, outside of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, at where it's wedged into the front end of the GLS. So what basically what we have here is a three-row SUV that is pretty much faster than most Camaros, Mustangs, Corvettes, those types of vehicles. So think of it as like a huge, tall, seven-seat sports car-ish contraption. <laughs> it's uh, basically the minivan for people that don't want minivans and also need to get somewhere quick, fast, and in a hurry. But another thing about this Mercedes-AMG GLS 63 is its price, which you touch on a little bit when in your walk around, which we're going to play right about now. Roll that beautiful footage. I'm sitting in a $149,115 2021 Mercedes AMG GLS 63. What's the GLS 63? The regular Mercedes GLS is the big crossover slash port utility three row, the biggest, the biggest, uh, Merced, the biggest sport utility vehicle Mercedes makes. This is the AMG version of it. It's got a four liter twin turbo V8, 603 horsepower, 627 pounds feet of torque. It goes like the Dickens, very, very fast. We'll get to that later when we go take it for a spin. The exterior of this behemoth is gorgeous. The paint is called emerald green metallic. It is so dark green, it's almost black. I highly recommend it. This car has a lot of options. It starts at 132.1, so it's got a few options on it. The build quality, since it's a German car, the build quality, of course, inside is stunning. Some of the controls are a little fiddly, but I gotta say you get used to them pretty quick, or at least I did. It has one of those cool flat bottom uh, race car-ish steering wheels, which I kind of like. It looks very cool. The coloring in here is great. It's tan. It's got beautiful wood. Not that shiny, goofy wood that a lot of automakers put in. This is, sort of has a matte finish uh, on the wood, which goes really well with the tan seats. And there's tan leather on the bottom of the dash and black leather on the top of the dash. And overall, the interior is very nice. 
and the exterior is gorgeous mostly because of the paint. I mean, there's not a lot you can do with a big box of a crossover, but I think it looks pretty nice. It's a little lower than a your basic GLS. Uh, it's got cool AMG wheels on it. And like I said, uh, big old twin turbo V8, four liter, 603 horsepower, nine speed automatic transmission. It's really, really fast. It's gonna be fun. We'll take it for a spin. Now, Mr. Randall, you mentioned the paint color. Right. Can, can you can you talk about how much a paint color can affect how a car looks on the outside? Well, yeah, and it depends on, you know, a, a, a number of factors, like the way the light's hitting it and the way the paint uh, covers the various angles of the sheet metal. Some cars look better in light colors. Some cars look better in dark colors. Uh, a lot of cars aren't color dependent at all. And I'm not saying that this GLS 63 is color dependent. It's probably, it probably looks good in a variety of colors. My point is, it's stunning in this color. Uh, I love the dark, dark, dark green. Uh, I think this paint would look good on most any car. It's just a pretty color. And if I recall from the Monroni sticker, it's it's not an extra cost option. It uh, And if it is, it's worth it. I mean, this is the color that I would, it, you know, in which I would get my GLS 63 were I adding one to my to the Raynal fleet? And speaking of extra cost options, that is a trend among the German automakers to have a plethora, a surplus of extra options. Not that their base cars are bad by any means, but there's a lot you can add to them. And this GLS is no exception. You talked about the steep price increase over the base model, and even further, of course, over the base base GLS, the non-AMG variant. Do you feel like it was worth what you what the sticker was? Some of, you know, it, it, it's beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as they say. You know, there's going to be there's going to be uh, options that people want and options that people don't want. I'm trying to see if I have that Monroni sticker with me still. I don't see it anywhere on my desk slash dining room table but it you know there's obviously thing this car you want if you're going to spend 130 grand you've got another 30 to go right <laughs> i i know i do it's not like you're going to sit there and nickel and dime yourself over what you know another 30 grand when you when you're getting everything under the sun on your dream crossover suv no that's a very good point and when you're at the point of buying an amg variant of anything it's it's almost as though you have enough money to basically get the car that you want regardless of cost. Pretty much. You know, this thing had $4,400 wheels, right? Could I live without the $4,400 wheels? Probably I could. It had a $1,500 carbon fiber engine cover. Could I live without that? I probably could since the freaking hood is closed 99.9% .9 of the time. Mr. Randall, when you do the math about the wheels, though, that's only $1,100 a wheel. It's not that bad. It's got a $4,500 stereo, that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, there's things you can live with and, you know, I mean, things you just have to have, to have you can't live without. So it's like anything in life. It's in the eye of the beholder. Some people are going to load this baby up. And you talked briefly about build quality. What does that mean on a German car like this? Or what's it mean on a hundred or $160,000 car? It's just the level of high end. The materials are very high end. You know, what looks like wood is wood. What looks like metal is metal. It's not plastic. Uh, what looks like leather is leather. It's not vinyl. And it's just all assembled so beautifully. I mean, there's, you know, the gaps are even and tight and you just don't see a lot of flaws in a Benz interior, really, or an Audi 
you know, in, yeah. in the Amer- you know the Americans, I got to say, are catching up awfully fast. Cadillac interiors are very nice now. Uh, Lincoln interiors are, are are beautiful. I don't think there's that big gap anymore between sort of the European companies and the American companies, or if there is, it's much smaller than it used to be. Well, that's good to know. How ergonomic and functional is the GLS interior? Well, you know, everyone's going with these screens now on the. On the, I, gosh, I sound so old. All those young, all those young whippersnappers in their screens. Uh, so what we have in this car is sort of like directly in front of you on uh, on the top of the dash is what looks like two iPads or three iPads integrated all together. So on the far left one, you have your speedometer and such, and then as you move, as your eye moves to the right, you know the multifunction screen with radio, navigation, vehicle settings, all that stuff, all controlled by a touchpad down where your right hand rests. So it's ergonomically takes a little bit of getting used to, and then all that stuff is also redundant on steering wheel buttons, and you find yourself hitting those by accident once in a while and changing the station when you didn't want to or something so ergonomically it takes a little getting used to but i had the thing for two weeks and by the time i would you know the two weeks was up i was a master at it i could i could pretty much make the thing sit down and eat a dog biscuit it was just doing everything i asked it to do after the two weeks was up and if you've got this on a lease for two years you'll probably be a uh, pro of the mbux by the time you turn it in yeah i think as auto writers sometimes we are a little quick to judge quote-unquote poor ergonomics when the fact of the matter is a lot of these cars we only have for a few days and you know that's not how it's going to be with the owner so i think we need to kind of reevaluate or recalibrate there i go our sort of sense of how car ergonomics are easier or harder uh it's not such a quick to judge thing anymore i don't think I would agree with that. That's my soapbox. But naturally, when you're buying an AMG-ified Benz, you are doing so for, well, at least one reason, and that's the exhaust note, but more so because it is fun to drive, which you're about to do right now. So here we go. We're going to hit the road in the GLS 63, the hot rod in SUV clothing. The first thing I notice when I get in is there's probably like a 24-inch instrument, iPad-like all one piece across the front of the dash. It's quite long, and it looks like a couple of iPads sort of linked together. Uh, it's nicely integrated, and it's all pretty intuitive once you get used to playing around with it, and it actually works quite well. Nice and clear instruments, uh, nice bright lights. As I indicated earlier in the other recording, the build quality in this thing is spectacular, but of course it is. It's German. They don't mess around on build quality. So the thing about this car is it's like the one car that does it all. It, you can be a hooligan or you can just cruise around quietly and softly and not make a peep. It's got comfort mode, sport mode, sport plus mode, and individual. And let me tell you something. When you put this baby in sport plus, hang on because it goes. I mean, it's got 600 plus horsepower, so of course it goes. The other thing, uh, so the engine is a big standout. The other standout is it handles and rides way better than a car that weighs almost 6,000 pounds has any right to be. Uh, They've got this thing electronically dialed in. And like I said, depending on the mode, you can have a soft, cushy, quiet ride or whip it into Sport Plus. And the thing, it handles like a sports car. Now, granted, it handles like a tall, heavy sports car, but it handles like a sports car nonetheless. And I can't say enough of this about this engine. And I'm just warning you, if you get to test drive one of these, 
and you are tempted to punch it, hang on, baby. Is there a young person in your life who's really into cars? Is there a young person in your life who you want to really be into cars? Give them the gift of RNT Crew, the ultimate magazine and subscription box for car-loving kids from road and track. Perfect for ages 6 and up. Each box includes cool accessories, fun activities, and a magazine chock full of facts, stories, games, and more. Just head to rtcrew.com to sign them up. That's rtcrew.com. Hang on, baby, indeed. Words, words to live by in life its own self, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I, I would agree wholeheartedly, my friend. But you touched on something in that little snippet of you driving the car that some people have given uh, a little bit of flack for the Mercedes or, or all the hopped up crossovers, right? How they ride. And this Mercedes, the suspension, according to you, is adjustable enough to make it ride nice and supple when you want it, but also firm up when you need it. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly call it supple. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like a 72 Oldsmobile station wagon, you know, that used to kind of waft on down the road. It's still, there's good body control. It's still re- relatively tight. It doesn't beat you up. And I will say that the first few hopped up AMG products back, I don't know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, five years ago, were not the greatest riding cars, especially, you know, as as listeners know, our roads in Detroit aren't the best at times. Uh, Detroit, is, it can be a tough place to have a, you know, sort of a high strung sports car so this is sort of like in between it's like a sports car when you want it to be granted again it's heavy and tall so it's a heavy tall sports car but it's got good body control it's got amazing grip of course because it's formatic all-wheel drive so it's a good it's sort of like a do-it-all you know i don't want to use the word compromise it's a it's a do-it-all crossover that that goes like a rabbit when you want or just cruises around when you want well that sounds good to me but on a quick spin we try to get to the essence of of the automobile here. We are tasked with, uh, you know, kind of getting to the, the root cause of why this car exists. And Mr. Anal, I have to ask, why the heck does this car exist? Like, what is the essence of the GLS AMGs? Well, it's a it's a crossover. Simply put, you can't build or sell enough crossovers fast enough. I think the trend line in automobile manufacturing is to do more of them, not fewer. And the trend line is also to put any kind of horsepower you can get your hands on in every kind of crossover you can think of. Like, you know, the other day I, we looked at the new Grand Wagoneer that's uh, coming. It's, the essence is every kind of crossover, the more crossovers you can make, the better. That's the essence. The more tall practical crossovers like them or not you know some of the sports car guys don't love the trend but it is what it is and uh those things are going to become more popular not less well you heard it here first i'm just kidding that's kind of been the trend in the industry for the past few years but i agree and i think it's this is as good as time as any to wrap this bad boy up thank you for listening thank you for subscribing don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you do not already do so make sure to head over to apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show and drop a review like the great Danny Kenny and the BTL 1987 and also DS Square 85. Thank you all for your reviews. DS Square, hopefully uh, you've listened to the new show, the show continue, and we've cut out some of the, the revving. So if you want to change that, we'd appreciate it. And don't forget, tune in next week.